Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. The Roman Emperor Julian, also known as Julian the Apostate because he turned away from Christianity and towards the old gods and towards Greek philosophy, has a discourse which is called To the Uneducated Cynics. It's, a, it's an oration and you could think of it as a, a criticism of how cynicism was being portrayed, exploited, lived out in his own day. And early on in the text, he tells us about what he thinks philosophy is, in part because cynicism is a mode of philosophy. He's actually going to say, in some sense, it's a universal philosophy. But before he gets into that, he wants to say, well, what is philosophy in the first place? And so he tells us quite a bit if, if we move past the initial oration part. He says, let me set down for the benefit of the public what I learned from my teachers about the cynics so that all who are entering in this way of life may consider it. And then he says, okay, if I'm going to pursue my argument from the beginning in due order, giving each question its proper treatment, what I first have to do is say cynicism is a branch of philosophy. And so I have to say a few words about philosophy itself. What is philosophy as an activity, as a discipline, as a way of life, as a, as a way of using one's own human faculties to do something? It's good to remember as well that this is not somebody who is philosophizing about philosophy or engaging in metaphilosophy, we would nowadays call it, in a vacuum it's been going on now for centuries and centuries. There are many philosophical schools and texts available, and there's many people who are living it out and representing it. So he begins by talking about the gift of the gods. And you notice that there's a lot of reference to stories coming from Greek mythology here. And these are being interpreted in an allegorical way, which was quite common by then. So he says, the gift of the gods sent down to mankind with the glowing flame of fire from the sun through the agency of Prometheus, along with the blessings we owe to Hermes, is known other than the bestowal of reason and mind. This is what is distinctive to human beings for Prometheus, the forethought, Prometheus, that, that's the, what his name actually means that guides all things mortal using a fiery breath to serve as an operative cause, gave to all things a share in incorporeal reason. So the idea is one that was quite common in ancient times, that there is a providential ordering of things and that the very ways in which the degrees of being were arranged given their particular endowments is reflective of that providential ordering. What's also kind of interesting about it is each kind of being participates in that in its own way. So he says, each thing took what share it could. So some things can't do as much, right? Uh, lifeless bodies, only a state of existence, a remaining in being, a hexus is, is how it's framed in the Greek. To plants, they get life. That's nice for plants, right? For animals, soul, psuche, right? 
And for a human being, a rational soul, a reasoning soul, a soul that has logos, a soul that has so much more capacity than a mere animal, let alone a plant, let alone a stone. So he says, some think a single substance is the basis of these others. They differ essentially according to their species. We're not going to worry about that. We're not going to get into that metaphysics. It's enough to realize that there is a hierarchy of being and we are on the higher rungs because we have reason. And so he goes on and he says, we want to say whether one regards philosophy as some people do as the art of arts or the science of sciences or an effort to become like God as far as one may or whether as the Pythian Oracle said, it means know thyself. It will make no difference to my argument. Why not? Because according to Julian, all of these definitions, all of these ways of understanding what philosophy is are closely related to each other. They overlap if we look at them. So it's not a matter of a multiple choice test and pick A. And if you pick A, you can't pick B, right? This is more like an essay where you show how things are connected with each other. So how do we define philosophy? We've just isolated four different ways. The art of arts right? The techne that is in some respect over or governing the other technes, the science of sciences, an effort to become like God as much as we can to engage in theosis or to know ourselves. And these turn out to be all connected. So he says, let's begin with know ourself. Why? Because it's divinely inspired. So it follows, what does know itself actually mean? It follows that a person who's going to know himself doesn't know just particular things like, oh, I'm wearing this tie. And where did this tie come from? Oh, I bought it a long time ago. And this is my favorite shirt that fits me. And I like to wear it. And it just came out of the wash a couple days ago. It's not all that trivia, right? It's knowing what you are. Not just knowing yourself as an individual, knowing yourself as a human being. What does it mean to be a human being? It means that you have a body. Maybe you are your body. It means you have a soul, consciousness, the capacity to think, to engage in reasoning about yourself. It means you have other things in your soul too. Like he talks about the emotional parts, right? But these are important aspects. So we have body and we have soul. And he says, it will not be enough to know that we are a soul employing a body. We're also going to have to know the essential nature of the soul. What is this thing that, that I'm conscious of being? And then we trace out its faculties, memory, for example, or imagination or sense perception. So he says, this is not alone enough for him, but in addition, he will investigate whatever exists in us nobler and more divine than the soul. That's something which we all believe in without being taught and regard as divine and all in common supposed to be established in the heavens. So we're not just going to learn about ourselves; We're also going to learn about what, if there's anything in us corresponding to the divine, what it would be. We're also going to pay attention to the body, he says. As we investigate the first principles of the body, we observe whether it's composite, which it is, or simple, which it's not. And proceeding systematically, we'll observe its harmony. It's, we could say it's equilibrium or however else you want to frame it. What kind of dynamic system of systems this body is and the influences that affect it and its capacity. And in a word, all that it needs to ensure its permanence. And then he says in the next place, he'll also, and here's where we start leading into the arts, observe the first principles of certain arts by which the body is assisted to that permanence, for example, 
example, medicine. Like, you know, how do we make the body healthy? How do we preserve its health, right? And which ties in with diet and exercise in the ancient period. Or as he says, husbandry. Now that's a little harder for us to connect with. That means like farming and growing things. That's very important for us as, as human beings, unless we want to be hunter gatherers, right? So in a pre-industrial society, we need to know about these things. It's probably a good thing if we know a bit about where our food is coming from anyway, right? So he says of other arts that are useless and superfluous, now you'd expect him to say, well, you can put those aside. But Julian says he's not going to be altogether ignorant. Why? Because these have been devised to humor the, remember I just spoke of it, the emotional part of our souls. Julian buys into something like the platonic tripartite soul, where we have reason as one faculty, we have the appetites as another faculty located primarily in our belly and in our genitals. And then we have thumos, this, this thing that gets riled up inside of us and is contentious and wants honor, revenge, gets angry, all of that sort of stuff. So arts that can actually help you deal with those are important. He says, we will avoid the persistent study of these because we're not going to be in, involved with that, but we shouldn't remain in ignorance of their apparent nature and what parts of the soul they suit. So now here we get to self-knowledge and the other key ideas. Self-knowledge, as he says, reflect whether self-knowledge does not control every science and every art. The, the word that he's using there is just techne, but that could be science. Medicine is a techne. We also think of it as a science. And so knowing yourself leads us to needing to know about these different sciences or arts or disciplines, whatever we want to call them. And it also doesn't just know them, it controls them or at least leads them, right? The Greek word there is more uh, like leading or directing. And it also grasps the universals, the katholon, the thing that pertains to everything of that class. So if we're going to talk about bodies, what is it that makes bodies bodies? Well, that's part of the universal that it grasps. So he says to know things divine through the divine part of us, mortal things through the part of us that is mortal. This is the duty of the living organism that is midway between these, namely man, because individually we're mortal, but regarded as a whole, we're immortal and moreover singly and individually compounded of a mortal and an immortal part. Now that's, that's typical platonic ideas. The immortal part is our rationality. So this is, is quite important. This is leading us to, to thinking about God. He tells us to make oneself like God as far as possible is, is what? To acquire knowledge of the essential nature of things as is attainable by mankind. And here he says something that does tie in with cynicism as well as other philosophies. What does it mean to be like God? It means to be happy and it means to be self-sufficient. God doesn't need stuff. God isn't in necessity or want like us human beings. He says, we count the divine nature happy, not because of a, a score of abundance of possessions. Why is the divine nature happy? He says, well, it's because as Homer says, the gods know all things. That's why they're actually happy. So we want to be like that as well. A little bit later on, he says, what we are sometimes God is always, right? And so we, you know, we want to be as much as possible like the divine. And that means 
knowing things. It also means having self-knowledge. God presumably would have the greatest degree of self-knowledge and that's part of why God is happy or the gods or whatever the divine nature happens to be. So the other thing that he, he says that's very important in this section is that although we human beings tend to break philosophy into different divisions, we say, oh, I'm doing metaphysics, or I'm doing logic, I'm doing ethics over here. From the right perspective, philosophy is one single whole. It is a unity rather than a plurality. And so he tells us that let no one divide philosophy into many kinds or cut it up into many parts. Let no one make it out to be plural instead of one. For even as truth is one, so too philosophy is, is one. A little bit later, he tells us truth is one and philosophy is one. And they who I just spoke of now are its lovers, one and all, right? And so why then you could say, wait a second, truth is one, philosophy is one. But I think there's, there are a whole bunch of different kinds of philosophy and there's lots of different truths, aren't there? From the perspective that Julian is articulating, yes, there are a number of different things like that. But if we treated them systematically, if we tried to take the God's eye view, which is not just some abstraction, but actually the right way to look at things, we would try as much as we can to unify these into one single perspective. So this is what Julian says philosophy is and what it aims at as philosophy in, in the very general sense. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.